This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Well, if you weren't here last week, we kicked off a brand new series called Yahweh. We are looking at the I Am statements of Jesus throughout the book of John. James is going to bring the message for us this morning. We are in John 8 verses 12 to 20. Uh, So feel free to pull out your Bible or your device to follow along or it'll be up on the screen behind me. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Thank you, Hannah. Good morning. Good morning. How are we this morning? Doing all right? A little bit sleepy? Feeling good. Hey, my name is James. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here at Anchor City. I want to add my warm welcome to Hannah's and would love to meet you after the service if I haven't had a chance to do so yet. I'm excited to share a message with you this morning from the Gospel of John. So why don't you pray with me and let's, uh, let's prepare our hearts. Father God, you are so good. You speak to us. You allow us to hear your voice. You lead us. You guide us. And so this morning, Father, I pray that as I open your word, as I speak the words that you have led me in my preparation, that you might speak to us. I ask, Father, that every person in this room would hear exactly what it is that you want to say to them. And that through encountering you, Lord, we might be changed. We might worship you. We might have confidence in who you are. We pray all these things in Jesus' strong name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, this morning the message is called A Good Guide. A Good Guide. Now, I was scrolling through Instagram a couple of weeks ago and uh, looking on my Explore page, and I was surprised to see a familiar face, an acquaintance pop up in my feed who I used to know. Uh, We actually used to go to the same church back when I was in university, and he was speaking to the camera. He had it in selfie mode, and he was sharing some motivational words, Uh, Brene Brown kind of stuff. And uh, I clicked on his profile to see what this was all about, and I was intrigued to find out that he has become a 
career and motivational coach. Uh, this is the vocation that he's currently pursuing. And not only that, but he's managed to grow his profile on Instagram to over 70,000 followers. This is just some random guy that I used to know who lived in the suburbs just like me. I found some of his, some of his content to be thought-provoking, so I clicked on a couple more reels, and some of it I thought, oh, it's actually quite interesting. And I was genuinely interested in the amount of traction that he has managed to get online. So I did what all of us do when we're stalking someone on Instagram. I went to the comments section. And as I scrolled through the comments, I read dozens upon dozens of comments from real people, not bots, who were expressing their appreciation and gratitude for his content. People who were expressing their thankfulness for the words that he was sharing, saying that he was uplifting them and giving them hope and helping them see the truth. And people who were imploring him to keep going and to keep uploading and producing more and more content. Uh, I thought about it and I realized, wow, these people, they seem really hungry for guidance. They seem really hungry to be pointed in the right direction. They, they want someone to tell them the way to go, to share with them and show them the way to a vision of life that is full of flourishing, that is full of abundance. And as I was reflecting more in the lead up to this message, I realized there is actually a demand for guidance in our world today. I wonder if you've ever considered that. A demand for someone or something who can lead us towards a desired outcome, lead us towards a life of purpose and flourishing, perhaps success. The books that we read, the podcasts that we stream, the videos that we watch, even the music that we listen to, all offers us guidance and direction in one way or another. Brene Brown, Tony Robbins, Jordan Peterson, who's your guru? Take your pick, Oprah, right? And if not one of them, if, if fame and success doesn't draw you to someone's words and example, then perhaps your own personal mentor, perhaps your parents, perhaps close confidants, family and friends. And then there's social media. I would argue that even though the concept of a guide is nothing particularly new, in our day of social media saturation, there has never been more of a supply of guides to follow, right? Like whether you're into fitness or cooking or mental health, entertainment, arts, photography, cars, fashion, whatever it is, there is a guide for you to follow. You know, the, the funny thing about social media is when you click on someone's profile on Instagram, you can see all of your friends who follow them. So you kind of see who's digesting what content and what guidance from whom, whether it's Hailey Bieber or Kayla Itzens, perhaps, maybe Sarah's Day. Every social media influencer is offering us some form of guidance whether that's explicitly through their words and their captions, whether that's implicitly just through their lifestyle, 
and the values that they display. All of that is shaping us. All of that is molding us. All of that is speaking to us and offering us guidance. And so the question I want us to think about for ourselves this morning as we start is, where do you go for guidance? For you personally, maybe none of those examples that I listed ring true for you, but for you in particular, where do you go for guidance? Who are you listening to? And where are they leading you? You know, the title of today's message is A Good God. And as we come to John chapter 8, if you have your Bible there, open it up there to John chapter 8, starting in verse 12. And what I want to show us this morning is how and why Jesus is the ultimate guide that we all ought to follow. I want to show you why Jesus is the one guide above every other potential guide in our lives that we should hold as supreme and whose words we should take as authoritative. That's my aim this morning. So open up to John chapter 8 with me and let's journey through the text together as we look at the second I am statement. Jesus' claim that he is the light of the world. So with your Bible open there and if you have a notepad and you want to take notes, or you're jotting down notes in your notes app, I'd encourage you to do that. This isn't a message just for you to watch and consume, but to engage with as we study the Bible, as we learn, as we're discipled, as we sit under God's Word. The first reason that Jesus is the ultimate guide is because He leads us out of darkness. That's what the passage will show us, that Jesus leads us out of darkness. Come with me to John chapter 8. Let's read verse 12 together. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will, what? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now you might be thinking, James, this first point, Jesus, he's the guide. He leads out of darkness. It feels a bit intangible. feels a bit symbolic. What, do you, what does that really mean? And we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to do some work, but we're going to get there. And I think the reason why this feels a bit intangible for us, the reason why this feels a bit difficult for us to grasp, is because darkness, if we think about it, is actually a concept that is challenging for us to grasp the weight of. Why? Well, because we have been born into and we live in a time where electricity and artificial light is as common to us as food, as water, and as the air that we breathe. So we really only experience darkness in a few different scenarios, right? In a blackout, which uh, in good old Chatswood yesterday we happened to have for a few hours as that big storm was hitting. In a blackout, we experience darkness by choice when we switch off the lights to go to sleep. Or perhaps when we decide that we need to refresh our souls and connect with nature. So we pack up the car and go out for a weekend of camping. Those are basically the only times when we experience real darkness. Where we don't have the option to just switch on the lights. However, for the Israelites, Jesus' words would have had profound 
tangible significance. You see, the events of this passage, the context, which is so important because we need to understand the context to understand what Jesus means. This is taking place during a festival, a Jewish holiday called the Festival of Tabernacles. And you might say, James, what is that? Well, let me tell you that the Festival of Tabernacles is a seven-day Jewish holiday which was instituted, started by God, commanded in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus. For what purpose? For the purpose of remembering and celebrating the way that God had led his people out of Egypt and through the wilderness. So if you're familiar with the Old Testament, all of these events that take place in the book of Exodus as God sends Moses into Egypt and God delivers his people out of Egypt, out from underneath slavery to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and he leads them through the wilderness. And so this means that as the Jews gathered to participate in this festival, as they gathered by to listen to Jesus, this particular way that God had led their ancestors through the wilderness would have been front and center of their minds. More specifically, the way that Jesus, sorry, the way that God had led the ancient Israelites by a cloud during the day and by a pillar of fire during the night. Have a look with me in Exodus chapter 13. We're going back to the OT this morning. Exodus 13, starting in verse 17. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter, for God said, If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. And then let's jump down to verse 20. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. Pay attention here now, verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. You see, Jesus here in this second I am statement, he doesn't choose light as some arbitrary metaphor like he was just sitting around brainstorming thinking, hmm, what's going to sound really profound today? Ooh, light, that's an interesting one. No, he chooses light to make this claim about himself because of its significance to the history of the Jewish people. See, Jesus knew that as the Jews heard him say, I am the light of the world, that they would connect the dots between his words and their own salvation history. God's provision of light for their ancestors as he led them out of slavery in Egypt. See, Jesus deliberately is making a profound statement about himself to a crowd whose minds would go back to that time in history as he says this. Jesus claimed that he is the ultimate light from God who leads his people out of darkness. Because put yourself in the shoes of the ancient Israelites as they have been rescued from Egypt and led up out of the country and they're beginning their journey. 
They've heard whispers that the Egyptians are starting to pursue them, that Pharaoh has changed his mind, and they've heard that Moses is leading them to the Red Sea, and they don't even know how they're going to cross there, but they're walking anyway, right? And they're journeying through the night. And what would have happened if God hadn't showed up and provided in the form of that pillar of fire? Well, firstly, they wouldn't have been able to travel at night. The Egyptians, as they pursued, would have got closer and closer. But more significantly, they just would have been lost. They would have been directionless, stumbling through the darkness, trying to put one foot in front of the other, hoping that somehow they were advancing towards their desired destination, that they weren't just walking in circles, bumping into each other, ultimately putting themselves in harm's way. Because that's what happens when we walk around in the darkness. You see, God gave his people light for the purpose of sight and direction. So that they could see what was in front of them and know the way to go. You know, many of us today, maybe we've come in here and we have this sense, this feeling that we're experiencing life as if we are walking in the darkness. We're longing for sight. We're longing for direction. And so we turn to all these different guides, hoping that they're going to show us the way to go to the kind of life that we really want, the life that we think we need. Perhaps there's people here this morning who are experiencing darkness in your life from the brokenness in the world, maybe the darkness in the world outside you, maybe the darkness and the sin within you. And your greatest need right now as you sit here this morning is a light to illuminate the way forward. How am I going to get out of this? Which way is the right way to go? Which way is forward? Who should I be listening to? Where to from here? Or perhaps there's nothing particularly drastic or dramatic in your life, but you just live with that constant niggling sense of anxiety that you're just like, am I going the right way? Like, am am I doing this right? You see, the reason that we look for guides is because we are hungry for direction. We are hungry for sight. And ironically, in a world where In some cities, the lights literally never turn off and we have an ample, endless supply of God. Somehow we still feel directionless. Somehow we still feel blind. And Jesus' promise is that those who follow him will have sight and will have direction. That those who follow Jesus will know the way to go. And yes, in an eternal life salvation sense, which we'll talk about in a moment, but also in the everyday things of life. That as we follow Jesus, and as we submit to Him, and we read and we listen to His Word, that He directs us, that He guides us, that He shows us the right way to go. But there is a condition, if you notice there in verse 12. Whoever follows me, whoever follows me. 
And I think sometimes, even for us in the room who would say that we already follow Jesus, we kind of follow him in the sense that we've, we've given our lives to him, we've committed to him, but are we really following his direction functionally, like, like practically in the everyday things of life? Are we listening to his word? Are we submitting ourselves to the way that God has created us and created the world and designed things to be because we believe that the Bible teaches that when we walk in the ways of God, we are actually living in the best possible way for ourselves, in the way that leads to flourishing. Are you following Jesus? Well, the second reason that Jesus is the ultimate guide is because he leads us to eternal life. Come back to Jesus' I am statement in John 8 with me again. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, this is Jesus' promise. That everyone who follows him will not only have direction, will not only have sight, but they will receive the light of life. You see, when you follow Jesus as the light of the world, you don't just get led out of darkness, but you get led to eternal life. You are following him to a destination. See, for the Israelites, this was a physical destination. God was leading them out of slavery and oppression in Egypt and towards freedom, towards prosperity in the promised land. Have a look at Exodus chapter 6. Come back with me again. See, this is what God commands Moses to tell the Israelites when he begins his mission of going to Egypt. God says to Moses, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Verse 8, And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You see, when you follow a guide, you end up going somewhere. That's the point of a guide. Like, they don't just lead you to walk around aimlessly. They don't lead you to walk around in circles. Well, maybe they do, but... If that's a guide you're following, you need a new guide. When you follow a guide, you end up going somewhere. And for the Israelites, their journey was from Egypt, captivity, slavery, to the promised land, freedom, prosperity, flourishing. That was God's intention for them. That's what God has promised to give them. And in a similar way, when we follow Jesus as our guide, we are going somewhere. We have a trajectory, we have a destination. But instead of being led to the Israelites' promised land, we are being led to eternal life with the Father. 
have a look at the verses in John chapter 8, following verse 12. So after Jesus says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It says, verse 13, that the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, they said, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. But Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. Why? For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going because you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. See, what's happening here is Jesus has made this profound, some would say audacious claim about himself. And of course, the Pharisees are going to come back at him with their typical responses we see over and over in the Gospels challenging him. Who are you to make this claim? What, what you say has no weight. You don't have authority. Who backs you up? And Jesus' response is that his words are true. Why? Because he knows where he has come from. He knows where he is going. Jesus is saying he has come from God the Father. The Father has sent him. And to the Father, he will return. That's where he's going. He doesn't stand alone, but he stands with the Father who sent him. This is what gives Jesus' claims validity. This is what gives Jesus' claims weight. And this going, coming from the Father, going back to the Father, as we'll see later in the New Testament, this is the destination for every person who follows the light of the world. That one day we will go to be with Jesus. and We will be with Him and the Father in heaven. See, our greatest need, your greatest need as you sit here this morning, is not for a guide who can give you more tips or more principles about how to get in better shape or choose the right investments, or improve your self-esteem or social life. Your greatest need is not for a guide who can give you relationship advice. No, our greatest need is for a guide who knows the way to eternal life, who knows the way to the Father, and who graciously says, if you follow me, I will take you there. And I will give you direction, and I will give you sight in your life right now and one day you will follow me into the full reality the full realization of eternal life see this is the guide that Jesus is the one who leads us to eternal life with the father Kai you can come up now You see, when Jesus says that he is the light of the world, he is saying in the same breath, I am the one you need. I am the one that you need most. I am the one that you 
have been waiting for. I am the one that you are searching and seeking for. I am the one who offers you the gift of life and life to the full. What other guy do you know in the world who can offer you that? With all of their tips and principles and 10-step plans, what other guide in the world do you know who offers you direction and guidance and a gift of life such as that? And you know, as I was preparing this week, I was reading through John 8, 12 over and over again. And the verse was kind of tripping me up a little bit because it says there, it says there, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And if you know me particularly well, you know that uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I can be my own worst critic. And when I read verses like this, I put the emphasis on the, on the verb there, never walk in darkness. Almost like Jesus is saying, this is a test. If you follow me, you, you will never walk in darkness. Like, you will never do anything bad. You will never sin. Like, it's a, it's a litmus test, right? But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, whoever follows me, prove yourself by never walking in darkness. No, what he's saying is, whoever follows me, I am going to light up your path. I'm going to light up your path so much that you will never walk in darkness. Not because you're perfect, not because you'll never do anything wrong, not because you are sinless, but because my light is so bright. Your experience will be following me, walking in my light, in what I have done, in who I am for you and to you. And you know, when Jesus delivered these words, he was standing in one of the temple courts, the scholars say, and he was standing underneath these four tall lampstands with four bowls on each. So we're talking 16 big bowls, right? And they're high, they're high up that you could only reach them by a ladder. And the historians say that these 16 bowls would be lit up as they were, oil was poured in, they'd be filled up with oil. And the Jews would put in there these used garments, these used clothes from the priests to be used as wicks. Like these are 16 giant candles filled with oil, with used garments as wicks. And every night of the festival, when it came to dusk, they would light them on fire. And the glow and the blaze and the light would illuminate all of the temple courts all the courtyards in Jerusalem to everyone who was near and everyone who was far. And the Jews would have known this, right? Like they're waiting for dusk to come that particular night. They're waiting for these 16 bowls to be lit up on fire that illuminate everything. And standing underneath those essentially torches is Jesus, as he says, I am the light of the world. And it would have been a spectacle. It would have been spectacular as those bowls were lit up and everything within their reach was illuminated. Everything could be seen. And that's the impact of light. It makes things visible. 
Light shines so that things can be plainly seen, clearly seen as they are. And when we choose to follow Jesus as the light of the world, He illuminates the darkness, right? But not just the darkness around us, also the darkness within us, who we really are, what we're afraid to show openly to others, our sin, our brokenness, our regrets, our insecurities, our fears, our failings are all plainly visible to Jesus. We can't hide anything from Him. Everything is brought into the open. And as we transition to a response, I want to remind you this morning of the good news that when we come to Jesus, even though everything Every part of who we are in its entirety is, is lit up and is visible and is plainly seen by Him. The good news is that when there's nothing to hide, there's also the opportunity to be fully known, to be fully forgiven, to be fully accepted. So as we come to a time of response, I want to invite you to respond to the words of Jesus who says that He is the light of the world and whoever follows Him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And perhaps for you this morning, you might not know Jesus. You might not identify as one who follows Him. And perhaps your response is choosing to follow Him for the first time. Choosing to let His light shine upon you as you follow Him, as you walk out of the darkness. And perhaps for others, it might look like bringing things before Him. Things that He already knows about, but you've been trying to keep hidden out of a sense of fear, out of a sense of shame. Thinking that if, if He really sees this, if He really knows who I am, then He won't accept me, then He won't love me. But friend, He already sees. He already knows And he says, hey, bring that to me. Bring that to me so I can meet you with grace and with love and with mercy in your time of need. So let me pray for us this morning as we transition to a time of response. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son for us. And we thank you that he is the true light of the world. And Father God, I pray For each and every person here today, I pray for anyone who doesn't know you, Lord, who you are calling to follow you this morning, Lord. Right now, Lord, that you would be drawing them to yourself. Holy Spirit, that you would do the work that only you can do. Show them, illuminate to them the truth of the light of Christ. And give them the faith to follow you, Lord. And God, I pray for every person this morning who already follows you, who has made you Lord and Savior, but perhaps is holding back, perhaps is hiding things in the darkness, or perhaps, Lord, who this morning needs you to shine your light of guidance and direction and truth upon their life and the things they're going through, Lord. Maybe the challenges they're facing, maybe the suffering that they are in the middle of. God, would you show the way? Would you bring revelation and truth? Shine your light, Lord. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Lord. And as we worship you and praise you this morning, Lord, would you minister to our hearts, Holy Spirit? Would you do the work that only you can do? In Jesus' name, amen.